Let's bring on our expert panel standing by, David Trainer, CEO, New Constructs, and Kim Arthur, CEO, Portfolio Manager of Maine Management. Thank you both for being with us. Kim, I'll begin with you. I know you're watching some of these cyclical stocks. It's a very broad term. We want to know what to expect, right? Consumer discretionary is a big part of the group. What are you watching to see whether or not some of these areas such as automakers and uh, home builders may be winners? Thanks a lot, Nicole. Thanks for having us on. Um, yeah, we're keeping an eye on the early cyclicals, which include, as you mentioned, the home builders. I know Lennar is going to be reporting after the close today. Uh, they're a 13% position in that. Uh, we watch the semiconductors. Uh, we watch cars, as you said. Um, and then we watch the broad basket uh, XLY for the consumer discretion, which is obviously a big chunk of Amazon. Um, if you want to get a little more specific, you can get down to online ONLN. But in general, that whole cyclical group, Nicole, it's up in the high teens versus the market through Friday, which was up 4%. And it only corrected uh, you know, a, a about 5% off the market highs of the 2nd of September, where the market corrected 7%. So people are definitely moving to where the puck is going, and these early cyclicals are telling us that the economy is going to be very strong next year in 2021. David, what are your thoughts on the economy and how these cyclicals may move different sectors? Throw out a few ideas for us here. Yeah. I, I agree largely with what Kim said. I think that the uh, investors are starting to reallocate away from the super uh, tech melt-up names uh, into where they're going to see a lot of operating leverage as the economy comes out of its sort of decline. Uh, and consumer cyclicals are a great place to see that. We've seen, in terms of core earnings, a huge decline in, in the consumer cyclical sector, uh, only worse in the energy sector. Uh, the technology sector, in terms of core earnings, is the only sector since 2019 that's showing a rise in profits, uh, and that's mostly on the backs of, you know, the the um, old reliables, Microsoft, Intel, Facebook, Apple, Google, um, and we know that the valuations there have really already gone up extraordinarily high, uh, except really for Intel and Facebook, those still look attractive to us. The other ones have really melted up a bit too much to be. Uh, anything we think investors should focus on. But in line with what Kim said, I do think investors are starting to be a little bit more discerning about where they allocate capital, not just chasing uh, high-flying names. I think fiduciary responsibilities are starting more front of mind here as the market is getting sort of more and more closer to the end of a bull market. And so people are realizing, hey, we need to start taking into account fundamentals. If not 100% of what we do, it shouldn't be zero. And, and if you're doing that, you're going to see some real value in consumer cyclicals. Right. And, you know, Kim, you know, we make the point that the economy will be improving most likely, right? We've heard they're not shutting the country down again. That was the first knee-jerk reaction. But now things will be, we've learned more about science. Things will be more methodical and hopefully we'll have some more vaccines and drugs and things to contain the coronavirus. That being said, Kim, you were talking about some areas and some ETFs, because it can't just be just tech, right? We have to spread it out. So you have a better economy. What, what would you look at when you talk about some of these automakers and home builders? Tell me a little more about these ETF opportunities. Yeah, definitely, Nicole. So if we look specifically at the home builders, the home builders are trading at 12 times before 12-month earnings. 
the PE to growth rate, the PEG ratio is less than one. Uh, and I think a key thing too to remind, remember when we came out of the last recession, the family household formation was running at less than one half of 1%. That's quadrupled, it's at 2% as the millennials are all at that point where they're going to the suburbs, they're buying houses, they're having families, they're doing what all the previous generations have done just maybe a few years later. So, and mortgage rates, as we've talked about uh, other people on your show, those are at historic low levels. So those are two big tailwinds that definitely will continue uh, to move that. If we look in the, in the CARS, C-A-R-Z, for global auto manufacturing, um, here in the U.S. we're at 15 million. That's down from 17 and a half million for the previous three years prior to COVID. Uh, and again, you've got uh, this, this de-urbanization, which is causing used car prices to be running up uh, like almost high single digits. Uh, so that'll force people as manufacturing starts to catch up, people will be buying new cars. Uh, and then if you look in the, in the semiconductor space, like David mentioned, Intel's a great name, CEO's buying back stock, company's got a big buyback. Um, but if you look overall, that growth rate is about to go from below GDP to about 6%. And there's upside to 9% with digitization that's going on, like your previous guest had talked about Peloton and some of these other digital experiences. Uh, so those are, those are areas that we think look very, very right for a continuation. And if you want a pure play on online, so a sub-segment of the consumer discretion, it's ONLN, uh, which obviously still has a big chunk of Amazon inside of it. Uh, but those are, uh, you know, the consumer still has 3.2 million in cash. That's up from a trillion, 3.2 trillion in cash, up from a trillion dollars at the beginning of the year. Um, and with the economy opening, there's still 10 million jobs that were lost that should start to come on, as you mentioned, as we get a vaccine future. Right. So it's all about the consumer and how they're feeling, the sentiment. Do they want to spend? Are they saving? Are they hoarding? Are they, you know, it's the mentality of the consumer, how the economy does and all of these things do. David, when we looked at some of these uh, specifics, I know you mentioned energy out of favor. Tech has been running so hot. We have the big five names. You have the work from home. What's your final thought here, David, when you look at all of these different investment po possibilities? You know, what do you say are the go-to ideas maybe for the next six to 12 months? I think the focus has got to be a little bit more granular and looking at individual companies. I think, uh, look, you know, all ETFs are not made the same, uh, though they are largely commoditized. You need to understand the holdings. And when you understand holdings, you need to understand cash flows. And so, you know, GM and Tesla and the same ETF we think is a waste uh, because we think there's huge downside to Tesla and great upside to GM. And so, you know, you could use research like the research that we have on the TD Ameritrade website or tools like ours to build your own custom fund to choose the best names to put into a basket so that you're owning in a particular sector or subsector the best stocks, not just the stocks that are available on the off-the-shelf ETF products. So with that, the final thought from you, Kim, I mean, when you, what's the takeaway here? I mean, you don't think the economic recovery will be derailed, do you? No, I mean, I still think that we're in a bull market. And I like one last comment I'd make. There's something that we look at very closely called the output gap, which not to get too complex, it's kind of the where the economy should be performing 
versus where it actually is. Right now, we're at a 10-point discount. That's the biggest that it's been. In 1982, that was a seven-point discount. 2009, that was a six-point discount. That gives you a lot of power for 2021 for upside in earnings for the market as a whole. So we don't think you get a derailment. Um, and then I would just say the final comment, Nicole, is if you look overseas, if the dollar kind of comes off its boil as it has been recently, there's still some really good value overseas with whether companies like Israel, EIS, uh, where you've had two Mideast peace agreements here with Bahrain and UAE, first time in 25 years. That's a piece that's got 40% yeah. technology under the covers, uh, and they're very well positioned for expansion that happens. And the last one would be in China, A-Shares, A-S-H-R, which is kind of a, a broad-based uh, index for the uh, CSI 300. And that trades at 14 times and is going to have earnings grow at 16% next year. Thank you both so much. David Trainer, CEO, New Constructs. Kim Arthur, CEO, Portfolio Manager, Main Management. Thank you both so very much. Great conversation.